want to do more than follow orders, think outside of the box, and manifest your dreams, then you've come to the right show. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a gold star daughter, veteran spouse, and entrepreneur. For season seven, I am ecstatic to be in partnership with the Rosie Network to highlight motivational stories of personal growth, financial awareness, and autonomy in our military community. Now, let's get started. Hey everyone, question for you. Can you imagine sustaining a business during a global pandemic and a relocation? Okay, okay, one, there's a global pandemic. If you remember that, 2020, good times. And then, and also a relocation. Imagine, just imagine. Well, the Rosie Network's 2021 service to CEO graduate and founder of Deluxe Nails, Dion Green has. So Dion, also known as D shares her journey as an entrepreneur, a military spouse, and a veteran. She started her nail art business after retiring from 22 years in the military. At first, she took in-person clients at her home nail studio. Then she pivoted to selling custom press-on nails online when the pandemic hit. Dee shares how the Rosie Network helped her develop more tools, such as a pitch deck, to grow her business. In reflecting on her journey, she encourages aspiring entrepreneurs to find their passion, seek out a mentor, and find their business bestie. This is the first time I actually heard the phrase business bestie, and I'm assuming that this is a Rosie Network thing, but you'll hear about it in this conversation with Dee. So Dee, it was a pleasure having you to everyone. If you want to connect with Dee as you're listening to this conversation, go ahead and visit the show notes of this episode, and you'll be able to find her website, her socials, all the fun stuff. If you do not know how to do that, go ahead and just open up your browser, whether it's mobile or desktop, or go to the website, holdingonthefortspodcast.com. And in the search bar on the very top, plug in the numbers 165. That's episode 165. And you'll be able to find Dee's episode there and everything you want to know about her or everything that she has shared and especially her contact information. So that being said, Dee, thanks again so much for being on the show. I do want to share that this conversation today is ad-free thanks to our sponsor and the company I am so proud to be working with, U.S. Vet Wealth. We are all about offering financial services and education to military retirees, especially if you are transitioning or planning on transitioning um, as a career military family and you want to be better informed and confident about knowing your options, your financial options in the private market. So as we know, we know the government benefits. We know where to ask about them, to understand them, to learn about them. And at US Vet Wealth, we like to educate you on what is in the private market so that you can make a confident and informed decision about your financial future, <laughs> especially for post-military life. So if that is something you're interested in, we do provide a free financial education on our podcast portal, which is also free. Oh my gosh, so many free things. You're welcome. Uh, all you have to do is visit holdingonthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal. That's holdingonthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal. And you will be able to create a free account and get access to all the things that I have mentioned there. Also, the portal includes bonus content, bonus commentary about the show. And especially if you are an aspiring podcaster or entrepreneur, 
or even seasoned and you're just looking to hear my candid commentary about this season thus far. So last thing before we dive into Dee's conversation, if this is your first episode you're listening to on Holding Down the Fort or you've been following season seven thus far, or you've actually been an OG listener and you've been listening, you know, this is not the first season you're listening to, which thank you, by the way, for being such a loyal listener. I want to give you the heads up for upcoming episodes. There's going to be some episodes where my audio quality sounds a little different than what it typically has been in the last couple of seasons, mainly because I was doing all this recording during the summer. And for whatever reason, even though I listened to the recording after the fact, and then I downloaded it and then uploaded it into my Dropbox folder and shared it with my editor, something happened along the way and my audio quality sounds different. And you're going to know exactly what I mean by that if you happen to hear that in this conversation. If you don't notice anything, then great. That probably means that my editor, Dennis, is amazing, or this happens to be one of those few episodes where my audio quality sounds really good. So I want to say I'm sorry, and I want to thank you for your grace, and I want to encourage you to slightly speed up the audio because I tend to find that helps. Personally, I like to listen to things at two times speed, but I know for some people like 1.25 speed is probably the fastest, and that's okay. I'll meet you where you're at. And either way, I hope that you get a lot of value and insight and inspiration from this conversation. Thanks so much and enjoy. All right. And I am so excited to welcome Dee Green onto Holding Down the Fort, season seven of our show. So Dee, welcome to Holding Down the Fort. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much. Very excited to be here and can't wait to get started with this conversation. a number between one and five, and I will pick one and you will answer a very random icebreaker question. I promise it won't be like too embarrassing, but there you go. So one, pick a number between one to five. <laughs> Let's go with four. four. Okay, we're going to go with this one. Oh, this is an easy one. Okay. Are you a coffee or a tea person? And if you're a tea person, is it sweetened or unsweetened? Go. <laughs> I am a tea person and definitely sweetened. I'm from the South. <laughs> I love it. Yes. You know, for me, I'm mainly like an unsweetened person, but I have friends who add milk to their tea. And I think it's very like English of them to do it. And I'm just like, like, oh, that's interesting. Like I add milk to my coffee, but I never thought to add like, you know, milk and sugar, I guess, to your tea. But that's awesome. Love it. What's your favorite flavor? Do you have like a go to tea flavor that you that you like? I like the matcha. I stick with the matcha. matcha. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I'm mainly like a lavender lemon flavor because... I sing for my church sometimes. And so that's like a great like kind of combo to help with my throat and also to calm my throat and stuff like that. So there's that. But awesome. Thank you, Dee, for sharing that. Again, once again, I'm excited to have you on and share your story. We had an exciting offline conversation recently. And, you know, considering how long you had served in the military, including your husband, who's at his 29th year right now. So congratulations to him. Is he planning on getting out anytime soon? (laughs) Like, no, he's uh, having fun. So I think he's shooting for 40 something, maybe. Wow. Wow. I wonder how long you can stay in the military. Do you know? <laughs> 42 years, maybe. I think, uh, I think 40. And the, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's amazing. I'm going to have to, I need to ask my husband that. I feel like he would know. <laughs> but no, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, for our listeners that are getting to know you for the first time, D, just give us a quick snapshot of your lifestyle today. What does it look like for you? Uh, team no sleep. <laughs> that is the life. 
I chose <laughs> being an entrepreneur here after uh, retiring from military service. So my day starts at 4.30 wow. a.m. So that's the time where I can, you know, we both get up at that time. He moves a little bit faster than, than I do, but it gives us time to get up and work on ourselves personally, which is getting our workout in. Mm-hmm. And then that allows me to, you know, start work a little bit more early so I can finish early. So that time we can, you know, find that balance when he comes home, you know, to you know do some family time and family bonding and just to decompress and, you know, I can get to ask him how his, how his day is. I love that. You know, I, I had a friend who she just religiously for years by choice as an entrepreneur wakes up at 530 every single day. And part of the reason why is because that's kind of her me time, self-care time, catch up with work time before like her daughter wakes up and before the dog wakes up. And it seems to be that quiet time in the day that you can kind of have to yourself and, and even get ahead of the day. Absolutely. A little bit more clarity in the morning. You're alert. You know, you just finished working out. So, you know, you're thinking about everything while you're working out. <laughs> kind yeah. of so flowing and then, you know, you can attack your day. So that works for that. Me. Yeah. But what time do you sleep, though? <laughs> like, what does bedtime look like for you? About 8.30 to 9. Oh, that's amazing. I could definitely take some lessons from you. <laughs> it, it took some practice because, you know, just like the tabs on your computer, it's hard for me to close them out because we have so many tabs open mm-hmm. going over notes. But it's just that preparation part. You know, you have to shut it down. Your body needs that rest. We can get up, rinse, repeat. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that. And I was just recently telling my husband, I was like, you know, I think I should try 530 a.m. I should try waking up there or at least going to the gym, the 530 a.m. gym. But I haven't succeeded at that so far. It definitely seems like something I have to work toward and actually set my alarm clock for. And but I will say the one thing I am proud of being an entrepreneur is that I still get my work done. I still clock in hours that I want to clock in for the day. It's sometimes it just happens later in the day. And sometimes I'm not done till nine o'clock at night. And you know what? Like, I think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship is like choosing like you choose you and your husband choose to wake up that early because it really helps, you know, set you up for the rest of the day. Absolutely. But you're working towards it. You know, you're thinking about it. So that's I'm trying. (laughs) I think like working out really helps. It it makes me exhausted sooner. You know, it's like I want to go to bed earlier at night. But I think for me, like my quiet time is in the evening. Like my husband goes to bed like at eight o'clock. So I'm like, okay, cool. It's my alone time. The dog's going to bed. My cat's outside because he's an outdoor cat. I'm like, like, I finally have time to myself. And so I think that's kind of why I tend to stay up late. But anyway, to each their own. And anyway, I'm still like also getting inspiration from hearing your story just because I just always hear that phrase early bird gets the worm. And I just haven't gotten that worm. (laughs) I've had to get in my own way. (laughs) It's out there waiting for you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's there somewhere so long as I set my alarm. But yeah, well, Dee, I'm excited to hear about your entrepreneur journey. And one thing that I remember us talking about offline is that entrepreneurship isn't as you know, glamorous as people make it out to be, or especially for people that are new into it. So when you first entertained the idea of entrepreneurship, tell us about that, I guess, innocent mindset you had around it. My first thought was, how hard could it be? (laughs) You know, I'm doing this hard job as a military service member, and I've done it for 22 years. You know, you Mm -hmm. have the discipline, you have the motivation, the stick-to-itness, you know, just, just make sure you the application, the step-by-step, all that went out the window. Once I became an entrepreneur, I'm like, like, what did I, what did, it seems like I just forgot everything because everything is coming at you all at once. 
there is no structure. You're creating no. the structure. You're creating the battle rhythm. You're creating everything from, you know, your processes to, you know, execution to launch. To, I mean, you're, you're it unless you have help. But, you know, for me, I did not because just kind of wasn't sure what my calling was. So I dabbled in a few things just to, you know, definitely it wet my feet. But just going into it initially, my first thought process was just, you know, how hard could it be? And mm-hmm. I thought that was a little bit more intensive than what I, I thought then. Yeah, I, I would imagine that having served for as long as you did, like knowing that there is structure and direction and orders to flip that mindset to like creating that structure for yourself. I mean, that must have been a long transformative process for you. It's um, definitely had its ups and downs, a lot of downs, because you, you're coming from an organization that with that one mindset. Mm-hmm. So now that you're thinking on your own, you know, you're still taking those tools that you learn in the, while, you know, in the service. But beauty in the military kind of, did, you know, kind of didn't go together. So I'm having to create that structure yeah. of what looks right to me. And also just, you know, finding that girl again, that woman again that I was before, you know, joining the military. So it's it was a lot of connected dots. And, you know, how can I make this work? But yeah, it, it definitely process. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tell me about that time in the military when, you know, your fellow service members modeled it for you that you could balance beauty in the military. You know, even for me, my initial thought is how are those two even in the same sentence, military and beauty? <laughs> uh, these, these wonderful uh, service members, the w- women, they were either partnered with Mary Kay or another beauty brand mm-hmm. out there. I believe, you know, of course, Mary Kay has been around forever. Yeah. And they had started their entrepreneurial journey with and they partnered with Mary Kay and just like, hey, D, Kiri, let me talk to you. You know, it just reflecting on, you know, their pitch and how they presented their their products, what it can, you know, can do. It just, you know, I noticed like, oh, wow, you know, they're finding beauty and mm-hmm. they're still finding themselves and uh, keeping themselves, you know, looking what's comfortable for them as far as beauty, their beauty standards, but, you know, great skin, you know, makeup or nails or hair, but they, yeah, I just saw that they started, you know, on their entrepreneur journey by partnering with uh, another beauty brand. I think that's wonderful. It reminds me of the early stages of me just being open to the, or, or being exposed to business. And it was in direct sales. It was finding, you know, being exposed or being invited to a company that had that structure, had that system, had the team, the support. Yeah. And, you know, even till this day, it's funny because my best friend and I were involved with this company early on because, you know, they say like, you know, tell it to your friends and family like early on. And even though we are not active in it till this day, this is like 10 plus years later, we still talk about the lessons we gained Absolutely. from that experience. And I just think if yeah. if anyone is looking to just learn the basics of, you know, sales and team effort and just personal professional development. I think, you know, something such as like, you know, Mary Kay in this case, like it's a great way to get started because it's also typically these kind of businesses are very low cost and there's just a ton of support, a ton of stories. I definitely encourage anyone, you know, who's looking for that education, especially if you've never been in business for yourself. Definitely. A dabble, also wonderful experience with Team Beachbody. Mm-hmm. You know, military, both me and my husband and I are active, love working out. That resonated with us, but that gave us another wonderful insight of how partnerships work, how the business side works. So I was able to see the backside of the business to see how it's structured. 
how they structured their business, but it's a wonderful opportunity to further, you know, again, see how much work is going to take. And this is with a brand that's already established. So that's when I start getting to, oh my, I got an established brand, a personal brand, business brand. Oh my goodness, you know, just that helpful insight. But, you know, Mary Kay or Team Beachbody or any other, you know, business structure like that, it's all work. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the greatest takeaways I take from my own experience and even the years that follow is people buy into you before they buy into your product. And how do people buy into you? Well, it requires a lot of personal development, a lot of professional development, a lot of just that own like inner transformation to attract and to, you know, make what you're offering really, yeah, really attractive, I think. And so, and I think that's what I love the most about entrepreneurship is it really is a personal journey of personal growth. And one of the books that really resonated with me was called The E-Myth. And The E-Myth, E stands for entrepreneur, so entrepreneur myth. And it talked a lot about like people think that entrepreneurship is a certain way, but in reality, like entrepreneurship is you and you are entrepreneurship. Like your business doesn't grow unless you grow. And so it is about learning stuff like personal branding and, you know, in, in systems and all the things. And it's a lot of work, but, you know, at least for me, like 12 years into this, I'm kind of like, I'm like, well, it's it's worth it, though. It's worth it because of the life I get to live and the people I get to engage with and talk to and the things I get to do. It's hard. You know, I, I always like to stress people. It is hard. It's still hard, <laughs> but it's worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> I totally, totally agree. Yeah. yeah. It, it is. Well, let's go ahead and talk about how you got to a place where you wanted to go beyond like skincare and let's say makeup, you wanted to do something different. Because when we think beauty, at least for me, I typically think, you know, skincare, I think about like hair products, skin products, you know, makeup, etc. But you decided to take a a different route. So tell us about that. Well, at that time, I was working downtown DC. And this is right before COVID, I want to say maybe three or four months before COVID. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to my husband and I was like, I have to find something, a creative outlet. Mm hmm. You know, I've done the hard stuff. I'm looking for something fun, something, you know, I am a creative at heart. And he said, well, you know, you're an awesome artist. Why don't you do something with your, you know, artwork? Mm-hmm. Then I was like, you know what? I'll become a nail tech. You know, that I have 10 tiny canvases, which to paint <laughs> on. And he said, okay, yep, that's, you're still being creative. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to resign from my position and enroll in nail tech become a nail tech and enroll in um, school and mm-hmm. become licensed. So that was a uh, 2020 to, again in the midst of COVID as it was happening, I was actively going through nail tech school and wow. they had to pivot. And the first time in that his in their history of having, you know, going through school and teaching the, the students, we were at home. Wow. They had to learn, you know, they had to learn, okay, how can we, you know, have this, this course pivot to at home. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that was your first exposure to nail tech school. So I'm curious. I mean, you really don't have anything to compare it to, I feel like. But do you feel like that education was what you needed to be in this industry? It, it showed me it's interesting thing about nail tech school. They really don't teach you about art. It's more uh, hygiene, you know, mm-hmm. sanitation, you know, things that will you know make sure you keep your license. But as far as the artistic side of it, you would have to like seek out other professional nail techs and for further training. But it was a wonderful opportunity to, of course, enter this field of beauty. I always loved nails, love nail art. For me growing up, it was 
seeing Flojo, the track star with the long nails, decorated nails. And it was just like that type of nail art, you know, was prevalent amongst ladies that look like me. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, that's, that's what I want to do. I have 10 canvases to work on. I want to create beautiful nail art for these, the nail lovers out there. So. Yeah. And I want to comment that I feel like you're the first person I've ever talked to who considers like nails as canvases. And, you know, I think about other artists who maybe they're trying to sell a painting or, you know, some other piece that you would, you know, sell at like a farmer's market or at a festival. But I feel like, I mean, you can tell me, it, it seems to me that you can have reoccurring business in nail tech because people want to continue to you know, update, <laughs> whatever, you know, update your nails. And so that seems to be a very viable, uh, stable business, which is my impression. It is. It ab- absolutely is. It is recession proof. Mm. It doesn't matter what's going on. Women want their hair done. And <laughs> women want their nails done during the government shutdown. Was it 2018, I believe? 15, uh, yeah, 16, 17, eight, uh, 17 or 18. I was like, there is this uh, salon I always wanted to go to, but I could never get an appointment because they were booked out three months in wow. advance. And once the government shutdown took place, I was like, great, I'll be able to now I can be able to get in because I know <laughs> they're going to be canceling their appointments. No, not one appointment was canceled. And those oh ladies goodness. were still getting their nails done. The beauty <laughs> business is recession proof. You know, people still want that self-care. Women want that self-care. Gentlemen still want that self-care. So it's skin beauty, nails, you know, they want to feel good about themselves. So that's, it's a business that that is recession proof. Tell me a little bit about what it's like working with your clients, because to me, I imagine that it's like, like being a cosmetologist, like I'm sure that you have all these fun conversations with your clients where, you know, when it comes to hair, it's like the client is typically facing away, you know, from the hairstylist where in your case, I'm, I'm sure you're facing, you know, the person. And so I imagine you must have a lot of interesting conversations out of that. Sometimes we forget we're doing, you know, for me personally, I had my own nail salon in my home. Mm. So that afforded me more flexibility to control my time. Yeah. Well, I I was able to spend more time with my client, not under a time constraint like you normally would in a, you know, typical nail salon. So we would have the TV on, the Food Network, (laughs) watching TV, laughing and like, oh, we got to try that recipe. But it just uh, afforded me more time to get to know my client, for my client to get to know me. And I get to know, you know, what their likes and dislikes were with nail services. Mm-hmm. And I gave, provided me an opportunity, you know, to retrain them because maybe they didn't have the best nail tech or experience at a nail salon. So, you know, just provided me more opportunity to get to know my clients better and establish better rapport. We had a blast. They left satisfied. The nails are gorgeous. I was satisfied. So... Yeah. I love hearing that you had an in-home nail salon. You know, I think that for some people, it's maybe they're able to get more business or traffic working in a salon. And from my understanding, like I have a friend who's a hairstylist, I know has nothing to do with nails, but this is the only comparison I have where like you have to pay for that spot. You know, it's kind of like a rental spot for you to, you know, work. And so I just think it's so advantageous for you to have had it at home and have more control over your hours and the time you spend with your clients. I think that is pretty genius. And, and also I, I imagine that it took some time to develop that clientele as well before it, it kind of, you know, you're able to dictate your own schedule. Uh, absolutely. But like I said, I created my business or started my business 
a little bit before COVID, but definitely after I took my state boards, mm. we were in full swing with COVID. The BD business, everything shut down so we can no longer take in-person clients. So I was like, how can I build brand awareness? How can I get out there, get people you know, to know who I am? I'm going back a little bit, but that's yeah. when... I initially first started, then, you know, taking in-person clients, then everything shut down. I'm like, how can I, you know, get myself out there further? So I pivoted to press on nails. So I had clients from Virginia all the way to Alaska that, you know, wanted my press on. So I'm just like, okay, let me just pivot to press ons. And from there, it just took off. So right now I'm just hundred percent doing press on nails, creating press wow, on nails. Wow. That is awesome. And that, I mean, you know, you won't be able to have like the long conversations I'm sure you used to have with your clients, yeah. but it sounds like you have more more time freedom to just sell the press-ons. <laughs> I offer both custom. So, uh, you know, if you see something, a design you like or what's trending, hey, you know, I want this custom set of nails that's specifically for you. Mm-hmm. And I offer pre-made press-on nails like you find in Walmart, the big box stores, Target, Sephora, Ulta. So I I have my own press on that line as well. So, but we still have the good, great conversations. I keep in touch with my my favorite clients. Yeah, and uh, they pivoted to press on. A few of them have pivoted to press on nails. Yeah, H- has it uh, balanced out since things are quote unquote back to normal again and people can be in person? You know, for me personally, I haven't taken in person clients. I'm finding it's more flexibility with creating press on nails or, you know, selling my prefab press on nails. It's more flexibility for me. It's more flexibility for my clients. They can, you know, instead of a two hour appointment or a three hour appointment, it takes yeah. them 30 minutes or less to put their press ons on and they're out the door. So it, it fits their lifestyle too. They're busy, you know, ladies on the go. So yeah. the press, you know, works, works for them. Yeah. And I think ultimately you are still able to be in the artiste that you are. You've pivoted, but you were still able to be creative. So rather than just, you know, being with them in person, you found a way to, you know, do these press ons and ship it over to them. But it's still your artwork, which I think is amazing. Yeah. So I'm working with some great manufacturers. I'm like, hey, guys, you know, great introduction to amazing team that were able to take my art designs and create the press on nails with them. So I still have, you know, creative control of what my brand puts out. So and that also helps me separate myself from my competition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know at one point you had the opportunity to go through the Rosie Network, the Services CEO program. Tell us tell us about that experience. Oh, that was an awesome experience. I, I, you know, not only do I meet other like minded entrepreneurs, but the training with the Rosie Network, they have fabulous trainers that provide real-time training, things that are happening now with the trends, with the market. This is what's going on now. This is what's coming. And this is how you can prepare yourself for it. So we were just like steady, just, you know, taking notes and going back and looking over the recordings and applying what we learned. So they, for me personally, they streamlined or they fast, helped me fast forward my business. And they helped me definitely get unstuck because, you know, I didn't have a biz bestie or, yeah. you know, a group or someone I can go to and bounce ideas off of. But they they were instrumental in moving me forward. Yeah, I, I just think that's so wonderful. I mean, while there's so many services out there that, that try to help our military community find, let's say, remote work, 
full-time remote work with benefits. It's really great to have something such as the Rose Network for, you know, our service members and military spouses who are like, well, I want to be in control of my schedule. I want to, you know, have ownership of, you know, what I'm selling. I want to have a personal brand. And I just think it is a wonderful thing that the Rose Network offers that. And I'm so happy to hear that you went through their program and, you know, really, you know, got to gain so much more to help you get unstuck. I'm curious to know, like, where were you stuck that where they helped you get unstuck? Uh, The pitch, my pitch, that was, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. My pitch deck. I'm like, what is the pitch deck? You mean I have to create another thing I need to create? What is that? I'm like, what is the pitch? Okay. If I want to uh, get to these big box stores, if I want to put my stores, you know, the marketing piece, hey, we need to get your pitch deck ready. So I kind of knew what it was, but they put it all together for us. Very presentable, professional. And I was able to pitch to other beauty supply stores, you know, wherever I wanted my business, my uh, product in, I was able to provide them that pitch deck. So they had a, you know, visual as well yeah. as the, uh, you know, the conversations we had on, on the phone so they can get to know, know, like, and trust me. Yeah. You know, you're getting me to think because my husband and I, we don't have a pitch deck. And I mean, we're, we've been fortunate to like, you know, gain most of our clientele like online and stuff. But I feel like we need a pitch deck for like our referral partners or organizations that we collaborate with or we want to collaborate with. And it's just something that we haven't done. I feel like we've done it like maybe haphazardly, like just, you know, winging it impromptu. And so I feel like you're kind of inspiring me right now to even though my husband went through the cohort program, I'm thinking to myself, like, maybe I should go through the cohort program now and learn about this pitch deck that I hear from everyone. And I'm like, like you, what is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's just help with the confidence. I'm like, yeah. okay, I have, you know, when a business says, hey, do you have your pitch deck? Yes, I do. Yes, I have my pitch deck. I'll send that right over to you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I think it's just clarifying your message, right? It's having a clear message, a clear mission, what you're offering, you know, letting you know, letting these companies know who you help specifically, how you want to, you know, work with them. And, you know, I'm just thinking in my head, like, gosh, like, I feel like that's something we need having been in business for as long as we've had at this point, I feel like we can continue to improve upon that. So thank you for giving me that idea. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that's wonderful. And, you know, I'm just I'm just thinking about, you know, your journey. And I I also know that from what I recall in our offline conversation, like entrepreneurship was something you were open to while you're you were in the military. (laughs) And so tell tell us about that time when like I guess you just felt like you wanted something more. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, just, you know, along with seeing those other ladies, you know, doing things that they love outside of the military. You know, for me personally, it just felt like, you know, I'm destined for greatness. There's something greater out there for me. And my husband, he's like, what's greater than the military? You're, you're good. You, you've reached the pinnacle. I'm like, yeah, yes. The, serving in the military for long is just wonderful opportunity. Met some amazing lifelong friends. But I just felt like um, there was something more for me out there to do. And that was just to be an entrepreneur, start my own my own journey, to, you know, and put those skills that I learned while in the, in the military to use. Yeah. And I also understand that your father was in special forces. So it seems like you come from this lineage of military life, which I think 
in your position, you would you would want more. You know, I think about like my own family, how my dad served in the U.S. Navy. And um, most of my family today are uh, working professional jobs, like nine to five jobs, which is all amazing stuff because it's how they were able to raise me. And in my adult life, I felt like I wanted something more. I thought, okay, I saw my dad did the military. My mom does the government job. The rest of my family does, you know, professional jobs. And I want to do something different. And I think that is just a testament to the people that came before us and, and us wanting to expand our family legacy, which is how I like to see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know that's something that um, is important to you as well to uh, leave a legacy for your kids. Uh, we have three grown children. I would tell you that their ages that would that would date me, but <laughs> <laughs> they are all grown. We are empty nesters, and just they understand, you know, being military kids, you know, uh-huh. just being resilient and seeing how hard their parents worked. They understand. You know, if anything's worth having, we're going to have to they're going to have to work for it. Mm-hmm. But just uh, being able to just, you know, lead them with something, a legacy that, hey, this is what we start started. You, you know, you and your brother and sister, you guys can pick this up and run with it or you can, you know, pivot like your mom did several different times and, and find out what works for you and that that you love doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great thing to model for your grown children. And, you know, I think for my mom, I mean, God bless her. She, uh, you know, till this day, she's like, when are you going to get a permanent job? But, you know, it works for her. OK, she's worked in the government for 30 years. She's, wow. doing, you know, stable jobs, stable benefits like she's doing great. So I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's just I think it's like it's like, OK, that's good for you. And this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, but it's great that you get to model that, you know, for your children and, you know, let them know that you have options, you're able to pivot. And, you know, speaking of which, I know that you and your family are actively going through a major pivot right now in regards to living on post and what that looks like for you, because I know that, you know, part of your life in the military was living off post. So tell us what that looks like now for you as an entrepreneur and the challenges or, or the, the I guess the adjustments you have to make with your business. Oh, uh, 24, almost 25 years. We haven't lived on installation in about mm. 24, 25 years. So it, pause. <laughs> that we've, needs a been, we've been blessed enough to live behind green belts for most of our time off mm. base. So, you know, environmentally moving back on base and having to, here, you know, the traffic, we're across from the parade field. So mm. we hear the cannons going off, you know, we hear Reveille, you know, we're retreat. It was just, uh, we hear uh, training exercises with the Blackhawks. The house is rattling, the doors are rattling, the windows wow. are rattling. And I think I had insomnia for the first <laughs> two, three weeks we were here, but it's, it's quiet. Now I think I'm getting more accustomed, you know, used to the the noise. But it was definitely an adjustment. And as far as um, the business, of course, the first thing you have are rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. You can't can't do on post or in, and definitely in your uh, on post housing. So I'm going through the process now of getting my Virginia license. Uh, it's called reciprocity transfer to Washington State and opening up my in home. I have my own nail studio here, so. Just making sure I'm abiding by the post regulations and rules. Yeah. <laughs> so license. So just going through that process of getting registered on on base as a home based business. So yeah, and hopefully once you're settled in, it's uh, 
and it's back to back to business, right? <laughs> I'd be able to take in person clients. I'd be able to, you know, talk to clients again. But I, as far as the my nails, press on nails, I'm moving into, you know, automation. So Amazon store. So mm. I'll yeah, ship all that out. So, you know, sales won't stop. I don't have to ship or mail, you know, product and just automate a lot of my systems as far as, you know, the shipping aspect. But I'm looking forward to connecting with the community, meeting some fabulous ladies here and, you know, us just conversing over nails. So I'm looking forward to establishing, you know, in-person clients again. Oh, well, that's amazing. So this, it seems to be a positive thing to yes. have done this major pivot and live on post now and now have like a home business and kind of go old school and, you know, have the face-to-face appointments again. Yep. The, you know, the upside is, of course, you know, the communication part and uh, building brand awareness on the West Coast. Mm. But the downside, of course, is, you know, with military, we're only here for a certain amount of time, then we leave. And that's not the, you know, fun part of being a nail tech, leaving my clients, you know, or, you know, hairstylists. Yeah. Esthetician, you know, that are in the military, military spouses, you have to leave your clients. So that, you know, that's, that's the downside of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, just the need to uproot and start over and reestablish yourself. And, you know, I live in Hampton Roads here in Virginia, and it's very interesting to, you know, run into spouses who just got stationed here, especially at my church and seeing how ambitious they are to like build community and be so sociable. And all I want to do is lean into it. You know, all I want to do is like, yes, I'm here for you. Here's my number. Like, yes, let's hang out. Let's do these things. Because I, I know that relocating, it could be really hard. But I think with the right attitude, you do open yourself up for like new opportunities, new friends and, and everything. So, you know, but it's also important to say that that transition is difficult to have to start over. But in the meantime, you know, I'm glad that you have this opportunity to, you know, bond with your clients uh, face to face again. Yep, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's just the nature of the beast uh, with uh, being a male spouse that you have to, you know, pick up and move and transfer your license again to wherever your next <laughs> duty station is. But, you know, as with military service members, we we always pivot. Yeah. And you seem to take it in stride pretty well. Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. So, <laughs> you know, try not to stress about too much of it. Just roll with the punches and uh, everything Yeah, usually works out in the end. Yeah. No, wonderful. You know, I, I also know that as an entrepreneur, it can, you know, some of the other challenges could be like in your situation, like having a spouse who doesn't fully understand entrepreneurship. And yet I know that he's still supportive anyway. So tell us what that dynamic is like. Oh, that's 25 years of marriage that, that <laughs> he has no choice. That is it. You just Everything is yes, dear. <laughs> no, we keep the peace. <laughs> just, you know, yeah, I'll let you march on. You know, you let me. Yeah, he supports my endeavors and we find a balance there. That's wonderful. I'm really happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, from, uh, we bounce ideas off of each other. But as far as the, you know, anything technical, I have my biz bestie. We mm-hmm. um, bounce ideas and things, what's going on in our business. But we're definitely here for each other to uh, decompress and vent. And he offers solutions, you know, hey, have you thought about this? And of course, me being, you know, uh, military retired, I'm like, I can understand what he's going through with his job, offer some advice or just, you know, just be an ear. At the minimum, we're just, you know, ears for each other and here to listen and listen to his vent and like, 
And sometimes, most times, you know, for both of us, once we get that out and then the light bulb comes on in our head, like, I'm glad we had this talk. So now I can go <laughs> implement, yeah. you know, fix the problem Neil, that I was having. So I think that's so healthy. It's a healthy practice to just say like, hey, I just I just need to unload. I need to just like let you know what's on my mind, what I'm going through, what I'm stressing out, stressing out about. And I feel like it's it's in having that outlet that does help recenter us and allow us to kind of clear that fog and make more informed decisions as opposed to like emotional decisions. Yep, absolutely. Just got to get it out. You know, we have so much going on in our head. For me, if I don't speak to someone, I definitely have to put it out on paper what my thoughts are, get it out of my head and I can go back and look at it and read it. But, you know, we do have that reserve, that time for us when he comes home from work that, hey, how was your day? Yeah. <laughs> Let's take off your boots. Let's get some water. Let's sit down and, you know, you know, just, you know, talk about our day and see how, you know, how everything went and get ourselves mentally prepared for the next day. Yeah. We've been doing that for 25 years. So we just even after I retired, we just find find that um, it's most help. You know, it's helpful. It still keeps us connected, talking to each other and having great conversations. Yeah. It sounds to me that you have a really good support system with your husband and uh, what you had with the Rosie Network. And it sounds like you have a, a business bestie now. I think when we last talked that you were kind of, I don't know if you were on that search, but it sounds to me you have one. And that's really great because I'm sure it just makes life so much easier to talk to someone specifically about your business that they can relate to. And, you know, with that being said, though, I know that sometimes being an entrepreneur can still feel lonely, right? So tell us a little bit about that. I know we mentioned that offline of kind of like the lonely journey of an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, it's it's your journey. So not everyone will understand your why. Mm. There'll be times when you want to quit and you're looking for someone to, you know, talk to and they just, you know, well, you know, you're a strong person, you know, you've always been strong and you've always done this and that and you always come out winning on the other side. I'm like, yeah, but my eyelashes are falling out. <laughs> losing my hair because I'm stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just for me particularly, it, they may not understand my journey and it's not for them to understand it, but I have to look at my why and keep going. Yeah. There are roadblocks. You know, if, you know, for me, if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. Absolutely. So, I didn't think the journey was going to be, you know, this difficult, you know, or this long, but you don't know what you don't know. And as long as you, you have to stick with it. Yeah. And you, know, you take the bumps, the bruises, the lessons, and you scale and you keep moving forward. Yeah. I'm curious to know, because I think the life of an entrepreneur is there's no particular destination, although I do think it it's very it's like an ongoing journey. But I imagine that there's a destination you might be trying to reach anyway. Like I think to myself, like if I had the perfect situation, if I was making all the money in the world, I would do A, B and C. Do you have that kind of picturesque idea of what that destination would look like for you? I'll make coin in my sleep. That's the destination. You know, I'm, I'm removing myself from the, the process. I want to automate everything, mm. you know, still have my business and it, you know, do well, even when I'm not away. Yeah. I didn't want to create. I love it. Love the connectivity. But, you know, being a nail tech, you are that it's a, it's a job mm-hmm. that I have to show up to. You know, I pivoted to press-ons and it's still something, you know, if I'm doing custom, it's still something I have to show up. Yeah, you know, to get done. So, but but having a manufacturer, I'm like, hey, take my designs and put these on. You know, 
on press-ons where I can sell them in mass. So that's freeing my time up. So I think I'm in it until my time is freed up, but I'm still profitable in the business. Yeah. And you seem to be enjoying it. It's fun. It's every day. I learn something new every day. I love it. It hurts. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm learning. I'm learning, (laughs) applying and keeping it moving. Yeah. Those come with uh, some ouch moments. Yeah. Well, I I love that, Dee. And I uh, admire and appreciate your hustle. And it sounds that throughout the years of you doing this, your business continues to evolve and pivot. And, you know, you still get to be the artiste that you want to be. So I think that's that's really, really beautiful. And I really appreciate you taking all the time to share your story and your lessons and and your wisdom. I definitely took a lot in, you know, even just hearing about you and your husband and how you two support each other and really having that balance and, you know, doing what it takes to be in business and also just the dream of like having everything to be automated, which to me, it sounds like you are on that path. Not that I'm a nail tech expert in anything, but it seems like you are really headed in that direction. So, you know, I, I wish all the, you know, the best of luck for you on on your journey. And um, that being said, I want to make sure that you feel like you've shared everything you want to share with our military community, whether they are entrepreneurs or not. So do you have any like final thoughts or parting wisdom that you want to share with them? And then afterward, I'm going to pivot to asking if you have any questions for me, by the way. So yeah, do you have any any parting things you want to share with our community? Well, definitely, I would want to share with, you know, again, reflecting on my journey myself, uh, find your passion soonest. Mm. You know, I dabbled in a few things until I was able to find what is my passion? What is my purpose? What is it that I love doing that becomes second, you know, that's second nature to me? I wouldn't in part, they find their passion soonest and then find a mentor, find someone that's in their field that's doing mm. it at a higher level. It will cut down so much lag time if they're looking to, you know, move forward with a business and it's going to be hard. So definitely, yeah. I know it's so, you know, cliche, I'll start with your why. You got to have a, you have to have a why. When I reflect back to mine, I'm like, okay, then I get up and get moving mm. because time is ticking and this is where, you know, I want to be. So I have to put in that work and, you know, take that mass, take massive action to get where I want, want to be. But yeah, just find your passion, get a mentor. And, you know, if it's in you, go for it. Yeah. I love that, Dee. That is all great advice. And again, I appreciate you taking the time to share your journey and be with our community today. And so, yeah, I want to do just a little pivot here. Okay. Before we wrap up, I do want to know if you have any questions for me. And part of where this is coming from is normally when I do these interviews, like when we hop off, like I have a whole other conversation. (laughs) That's like not recorded room. Oh, I wish that was kind of recorded. So I wanted to turn the tables here and have you play host and see if you have any questions for me. Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) She just crossed her hands. And there's some of that on post living, the uh, MPs, if you get hear that noise. That's Uh, fine. (laughs) Okay. Definitely the beauty space. Your skin looks fabulous. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yep. So I, I remember you mentioning someone I was asking you, you know, what is your favorite beauty product Yeah, that you personally use? Oh, gosh. I well, I'm so excited that you're asking me this because I feel like I'm just excited to answer it just because 
I do a lot of things before the skincare. So for example, it's incredibly important for me to sleep as long as I can. This is why I was telling you earlier that I'm a night owl because, and I start my day a little later, but I still work later. I just, my day's a little later. I mean, if I was, you know, I'm on East Coast time and I often say to myself, like, it's okay because like Pacific time, they're still just waking up. So technically I'm, you know, I'm up early somewhere, you know, depending on where, I, where I'm at in the world. It's like how they say like it's five o'clock somewhere, right? It's like, well, it's morning somewhere. And so sleeping is really important to me. I actually do not set an alarm unless I have to absolutely wake up at a specific time, which I'm always upset about. But I do it anyway, because it's like, oh, gosh, I got to wake up. I got to like go to church. I got to do all these things. Like that's the only my husband's like, really? That's the only time you'll wake up is when you're going to church. I'm like, yes, yes. Like, (laughs) of course I would. But anyway, so sleeping is incredibly important to me. And then the second thing, as soon as I wake up, I like to drink at least 32 ounces of high pH water. Some people call it alkaline water. Whole Foods calls it high pH water. You know, that is incredibly important to me to just wake up. And before I drink coffee or tea or whatever, that's what I do. I just hydrate first and foremost. And then I actually use, I actually have it in front of me. I try not, I don't know if this is gross, okay? But I I try not to wash my face a lot. If I do wash my face, it's usually after I work out or if I'm removing makeup. But throughout the day, I actually use like oil blotting tissues. So these are like, I think they're called like natural premium oil blotting tissues. You can't, you can't really see it, but you pat it on your face and it helps like remove the oils. And that's what I do throughout the day. And, you know, obviously if I notice my pores like looking ugly, I'll do something about it. But I usually use that. And then if I do put anything on my face, I do have a face cream. So I, I use the products uh, from Melaleuca.com. If you can give me a second, I can look up the name. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Melaleuca.com. So I do use like a face cleanser. And then um, I do use their lotion or their face thing. So I wonder if I can find this brand. In case you're really wondering the specifics here, I'm happy... <laughs> I'm yeah, you I was first introduced to the oil blotting papers back in Korea, 2005. Uh huh. Their beauty regimen, their beauty products in Korea. You know the uh, K Beauty is phenomenal, but yeah. this may be a little gross. But <laughs> when you don't have the oil blotting, this is my little hack. When I'm just like, oh girl, you're shiny. <laughs> if you're in a public place. Most times they have them in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. The toilet seat covers that you pull out. Oh. They're basically the same material, the same. Yeah. So I take about three or four back. Oh, my gosh. That <laughs> is so resourceful. Yeah. Take it and, you know, rip it and just pat your face and it will absorb the oils. It just. I love best. that hack. That is awesome. You put the bonus seats on your face. I mean, it's hey, I, didn't, I didn't sit on it yet. You know? <laughs> like, so it's multi-purpose. So I love that tip. I love that. So thank you for sharing that. I will, I will definitely keep that in mind when I travel and I don't happen to have my oil tissues and everything. Absolutely. And then, and so for me, the it's it's funny. Like I don't, I don't know if this is like good skincare advice or anything, but I actually like when I when I'm done washing my face, I use like an overnight cream. So the one yep. I call one the one I use the brand is called Sabella S E I B E L L A, and the name of the cream is Sabella Deep Marine Age Defying Overnight Cream. And so I only put a little bit of it. I put like one or two tabs, and then I kind of put it on my face. But honestly, that's 
that's it. And because it's overnight, it is oily. That's why I use the oil tissues to kind of just like pat it down after it's like absorbed. But honestly, that's it. And and also I work out, you know, I think that's important as well. And I just try to use minimum makeup as much, much as possible. Like I think for me, because I because I'm 35 and I'm kind of like, you know what, let me see how how much I can get away with still like showing my ID when I ask for a drink. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It's like, let me see how far I can get away with like still looking really young before I have to make an effort. Like my mom, my mom, you know, she, she's in her mid sixties and she ends up getting those, uh, she got like the makeup or sorry, the tattoo, like eyeliner and even like, you know, eyebrows. And I'm like, I will wait till like, if I'm in my sixties and I have to do that, I will do that. But for now, you know, my husband loves me as I am. You know, he says I look great without makeup. And I'm like, great. That's, that's all I care about. Like, my husband finds me attractive without makeup. That's wonderful. Like, I have nothing else to prove to anyone. <laughs> I have won him over. We, we're still together. <laughs> like, yeah. So anyway, that is my, I guess, face regimen there. And and it, it really is is a combination of a lot of doing a lot of like natural, like practical sure. things like sleeping and water and all that. So uh, so thanks for asking. Yep, yeah, definitely great base. You need that rest. You need the hydration. Keep the skin soft and supple. So I wouldn't have never thought you're 35. Oh, thanks. Look great. great. <laughs> thank you. Thank uh, you. My other question would be with, with your spouse, you two work together in yeah. business together. What are some pros and cons for you as you found going along on your journey, you know, oh to owning a business? Well, to be more specific, if there's anything you can change along your you know, journey with your spouse, what would it be? Oh, wow. That's a that is a great question. Um, I will say that I am incredibly grateful to have someone who is, I would say, like more of a risk taker than me. You know, my past relationships. I remember reading this in the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And he had said that, you know, if you are dating someone or with someone who is like in the employee mindset, but you are an entrepreneur, it's going to be, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's going to be difficult. You know, it's going to be hard for obviously, you know, it's like different love languages. It's different. It's hard to communicate. Right. And so when I met him and he uh, was already in business for himself and I decided to end up working with him like shortly after, like, I think it was just really nice to have someone who was in the same wavelengths as I am in regards to like taking risk, except he was a bigger risk taker. He's kind of like, you know, ask for forgiveness, not permission, or don't even ask, like just wait till someone, you know, sends you a letter in the mail and sues you for something. I mean, it doesn't go that bad, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like he just fails forward. He's, he's really good at failing forward and being an apologetic. And it was great to have someone like model that for me because prior to being with him, I did run my own business for about six years before working with him. And you know, I very much had that mentality of like kind of asking for permission and making sure I had all my legal stuff taken care of. But with him, it's kind of like, you know, let's focus on the sales. Let's focus on, you know, revenue. Let's focus on the things. And then we can worry about like all the fine details later. That doesn't always work in our favor. It's not it's not perfect, like what we're doing here. But I will say like, you know, the pros of of being with him is just kind of being on that same wavelength. The cons I will say is, Uh, He doesn't know how to turn it off, if that makes sense. Like he's like, first moment I wake up in the morning, I open up my messages and he's giving me all these ideas that he thought about in the morning because he wakes up at like 4 a.m. So he's already like, you know, he's already been studying up. He's already been looking up things. And first thing in the morning I see, oh, YouTube video, book he just read, you know, all the things. And so it's learning to digest that when I'm ready. You know, like first thing in the morning, I'll, I'll say to him, like when he wants to run something by me, I'm like, 
I'm like, I'm not there yet. Like, I'm not awake yet. Like, I have to, like, let him know when I'm ready. <laughs> and so so I think I think overall, though, like what I've found is I, I think the way that we work, because we've been working for, together for seven years now, is I think commu- communication is key, of course. And like taking that initiative to have like husband and wife time versus like just you know, work wife, work husband time, you know, it's like knowing how to separate it. And also for me personally, it's having hobbies outside of of our work that have nothing to do, you know, with our business, you know, like going to the gym and volunteering at church. Like those are the main things we're in. Like it has nothing to do with like even prospecting people, you know, like it's not like a networking opportunity. It's like, hey, this is just my opportunity to be social for the sake of being social because I need that. Because otherwise, it just feels like I'm working all the time and I'm going to go insane. And 2020 was definitely a very challenging year because the good thing is that we kept busy. The bad thing is that it was really hard to like not be a workaholic once things started opening up again. Because like you just I, I just kept I kept myself so busy so that I didn't have to think about what was going on, you know, um, and being stuck at home all the time. And that that definitely took a toll. I'm so glad we're on the other side of that. I can, so I'm sure we all have stories about that time, of course, right. but um, but yeah, anyway, I hope that uh, that answers your question and, um, you know, communication being incredibly yeah. important. And, and also recognizing one thing I've had to learn with him because we do have, you know, the way we communicate is so different. He's very, he's very forward thinking and I'm very like past to present thinking. I always kind of bring up stuff in the past, but if he's already hung up on a new idea. He doesn't want to hear about the past in a way. So I'm just like, okay, how do I, you know, figure this out? And, and, and right. so I think it's just like learning. It's, it's just kind of accepting like, oh, this is my, you know, this is not just my husband. This is my work partner. This is my life partner and finding joy in it. Like I, I've learned to laugh a lot. Like even if I don't want to laugh, but I know he's trying to make me laugh. I'm like, I'm like, what, what harm would it do for me if I just allow myself to laugh and enjoy this conversation, you know? So anyway, Oh, I just realized we're over time. I apologize. But anyway, does that answer your question? <laughs> we're fine. Yep. Love it. Yep. Sure. Sure does. I appreciate this opportunity. Just speaking to you, learning more about you and your husband, what you do. It just, it's incredible. And then you two are still getting along. <laughs> yeah. You find you know, find your balance and finding joy in, in what you do. So there's hope for me and there's Aww. hope for others. <laughs> yes. For others yes. Like us that are in the, in the, going through the same, you know, kind of same journey. Yeah, I, I would say the last thing is um, it, it is nice that we we go to the same gym together. And so we have mutual friends that, again, it has nothing to do with our business. So it's really nice to like have that because, yeah, otherwise it does feel like I'm just working with them all the time. But yes, if ever you want to talk about our spouses, like you have my email now. <laughs> if you need a if you need a vent, if you need to have a That's virtual nail session. Let me tell you what he did. He wants to go 40 years. not <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I love it. Yeah. More more than happy to be that outlet for you for sure. But well, Dee, this has been a tremendous conversation. I, I want to thank you again so much for your time and you sharing your story and your wisdom and your experience. And I just want to congratulate you on everything you have accomplished so far. So just thank you for being here today. I hope our listeners get a lot out of this conversation. And yeah, and that's it. So thank you for your time, Dee. Appreciate you, Jen. Thank you so much. Awesome. My pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Hey, this is your host, Jen Amos. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. 
visit holdingdownthefortpodcast.com to access the full show notes of this episode, including resources mentioned and bonus content. Once again, that's holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. Lastly, stay after this outro music for something a little extra. Thanks again and chat soon. Bye for now. Welcome to the post-commentary of this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening to our conversation. I hope you got a ton of value hearing about Dee and her story and, you know, how she was able to pivot her business and all the things. If you got a lot of value or you have any questions, feel free to connect with us, either joining our free podcast portal at holdingdownthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal, or you can check out the show notes of this episode and you will find other ways to get a hold of me. But the portal is definitely the fastest way to get a hold of me. Just a little tip there. Fastest and I'm, I tend to be the most responsive there because that's one of the few social media apps that I actually have my notifications on for. So little tip there for you. For this post commentary, I wanted to answer the question of can you imagine sustaining a business during a global pandemic and a relocation? And my answer is yes. Yes, I can. Because I was reflecting on when I became an award-winning podcaster or media professional of the year by the Rose Network. And that was in 2020. I started podcasting in summer 2019. This was completely before, you know, the pandemic and the lockdown and the quarantine when people were at home and a lot of people were like, okay, I'm finally going to start a podcast. I've been wanting to do this forever. And so I actually had the chance to start a podcast before the wave of new podcasters came in in 2020. And I think that's partly why I still do the show because it wasn't about like that thing I've been putting off forever. So that's just me. That's just my thought on that. But I do remember doing the show during the pandemic. Like it was definitely the outlet I needed because, you know, we're stuck at home. We have to social distance even if we see people. And this was my way of staying connected with people and hearing their stories and still exercising that social muscle, as I like to call it, because I was able to conduct so many interviews just on Zoom. And uh, I mean, now I use a different recording program. I'm going to have to switch my recording program after my bad audio quality. So there's that. But anyway, it was very interesting. Like looking back, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for podcasting for the reason that I think it kept me sane, you know, during that time. And again, it was able, we were still able to build our business. We were still able to network. You know, it was just such a blessing to be podcasting then. And of course, still podcasting today and now, you know, being in partnership with the Rosie Network. So thank you, Rosie Network. Really appreciate you and this partnership this season. And just want to reflect on that. So other than that, thanks so much for listening. If you want to continue to get bonus content from the show right now, at the time that I was recording this, I had released a six part series on how to start a podcast. And so if that's something you're interested in doing, I do offer that for free. All you have to do is join our podcast portal at holdingonthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal. 
All right. Thanks so much for listening. Really, really appreciate you, especially if you have been listening to this entire season so far and you have been getting a mixed bag of audio quality, especially from me. I'm still self-conscious about it and I'm still leaning into it anyway. They say that courage is being fearful, but saddling up anyway. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm still showing up despite my uh, insecurity of my audio quality of this uh, season. I was about to say semester like I was in college. (laughs) That's funny. All right. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.